This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89, it's 8.45 in the morning. You're with Julian and Chuang, and we're talking about the day's biggest business news. Now, the Nikkei Malaysia Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, that's quite a mouthful, but otherwise known as the PMI, has a drop to a six-and-a-half-year low to 46.8 uh, from 48.2 in November. Anything below 50 represents a slowdown in Malaysia. Now, of course, this number is very, very important from an economic uh, forecasting perspective because it tells the health of the economy and also forecasts what, um, to some extent, uh, what to expect in the future. And Malaysia's purchase, well, the Malaysia's manufacturing numbers reflect the ongoing malaise as well as um, the ongoing downturn and contraction in China and America and Singapore. And that really reflects the, the, the effects of the trade war that is happening between the Americans and the Chinese. Um, low demand, stagnant employment rates, uh, challenging operating conditions have been cited as factors behind this decline. And according to Joe Hayes, an economist at IHS Market, who compiles a survey, this December data is the strongest contraction in the Malaysian manufacturing sector since records began for the survey. So I, I think this will really eat into uh, economic policy for the foreseeable uh, next 12 months. In fact, uh, we have to also deal with uh, like the fall in oil prices and how it would affect our budget. I think the Finance Minister Lim Guan Ng has come up to say that uh, the, they may have to revise the budget because uh, there's quite a bit of revenue coming from oil and not to mention uh, Petronas as well. So uh, I think uh, our assumption for the budget was about uh, 70, 70 ringgit uh, thereabout, uh, 70 US dollars per barrel thereabout and now is uh, hovering ar- around the 50s level. But uh, the other casualty uh, Chuang is also the banking sector where the average loan growth is around the 5% level. Uh, CIB Research and Afin Huang uh, is noting this slower loan growth. Well of course it would because the financial sector uh, and both the upper end of the value chain as well as the lower end of the value chain would feel the effects of any slowdown in manufacturing activity. So the fact that it's at 5% kind of like mirrors uh, for on a one-to-one basis the GDP growth rate whereas in the past as recently as maybe four or five years ago it was a multiple of about two or three times national GDP and you know apropos what you're saying earlier Jules about how uh, this would uh, affect policy going forward you know how the central bank the Fed Reserve in America always says that its policy on interest rates is really data dependent but it would be the same by and large in Malaysia as well uh, definitely so. And uh, uh, as far as the sector is concerned, the banking sector is concerned, um, the slower loan growth would have to imply other things like uh, poorer asset quality, higher non-performing loans, net interest margin compression. In fact, if you uh, look at some of the numbers, uh, loan applications have declined by 24% and loan approvals uh, fell by about 6.7% year on year in November. Yeah, so all this is banking industry double speak for what is essentially very layman uh, circumstances as supply chains in China and America are severed this affects our ongoing supply chains in Malaysia so in other words that means fewer orders uh, more price negotiations and um, less applications for more loans uh, this also means that um, because Fed 
policy has been to increase rates. Uh, other emerging markets, central banks have also had to increase interest rates to defend the currencies, and that drives up borrowing costs, which then lower demand for banking uh, facilities. Uh, but in spite of that, uh, Chuang, uh, Maybank has uh, managed to uh, squeeze out a 10% rise uh, in earnings and salaries for their employees. Uh, this is a collective agreement, actually, uh, from the union. So kudos to the unions for having extracted this deal out of Maybank on the back of a, a more uh, a slower and a bleaker economic situation in Malaysia. Yeah, so there's two ways of looking at this, right? You either try and pay, you know, basically sweeten the proposition to keep your employees because then when the circumstances change and improve, you still get your star performance in the fold or not. So this 10% increase has really been quite sweet because uh, inflation is what? Four, three, four, five percent. So lower, much lower. Uh, below, lower, right? below. Uh, I, I think it's between one and two percent. One and two, yeah. officially, officially. Yeah. Um, but that also means that also equates to or gives us fodder for uh, understanding why Maybank's cost of income ratio is around about forty-seven percent versus, say, a public, public bank, bank, which is in the, in the mid to low thirties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and that has been reflected in share price as well because uh, Maybank share price has uh, certainly trailed uh, that of Public Bank, which remains one of the most favorite stocks among investors, having uh, done just stellar over the past 10 years, including uh, dividends as well, um, and uh, remains one of the most expensive banks in the world at a two and a half times price to book. But the situation with Maybank is interesting because they've had a, a change of guard uh, after the elections. Uh, Tansri Wahid Omar. A step down as chairman, uh, being replaced by ex-BNM Governor Tansri Zeti. Uh, they also just announced uh, the retirement of its deputy president and group COO, uh, Dato Idris Ketchot. Uh, uh, and this was announced um, uh, just recently. Yeah, so I think you're talking, referring to PNB. PNB is, of course, the 48% owner of Maybank, and Maybank is a PNB company. And you're referring to the management changes within that fold. Um, but going, going back to that collective agreement um, that you discussed with, with Maybank's employees, um, a lot of benefits, but uh, for me, the one that struck out the most was the fact that the staff now get to pay only 2% on their mortgages down from the 3.5%. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's fantastic, right? So yeah. you can own a property if you're a Maybank employee for 2% mortgage uh, a year. But th- that means that you're, you have a ball and chain. You can't leave you have Maybank a ball because chain. the moment you leave, it you jumps to 4.5%. Depending on your... More than double, right? But depending on your credit, credit profile. Credit standing. Yeah. Now, um, just a, a continuation of the uh, recession theme. Uh, there's a breaking news that Apple has lowered its outlook for the first quarter of revenue uh, now it expects about $84 billion for the quarter, down from 89 uh, to 90, $93 billion it previously projected. Um, analysts are also expecting $91 billion. So uh, even the fanboys and fangirls of the Apple iPhones out there, not enough to uh, keep sales up. So Tim Cook went on the record as saying that, and this is a quote-unquote verbatim from what the uh, Apple CEO said, he said that while we anticipated some challenges in key emerging markets, we did not foresee the magnitude of the economic deceleration, particularly in Greater China. If you look at our results, our shortfall is over 100% from iPhone, and it's primarily in Greater China. Right. Uh, I think this China issue will continue to play out because uh, uh, recently, uh, apart from the uh, trade tiff that US and China are having, uh, there is also the recent arrest of the Huawei CFO, who is very uh, 
connected to uh, the higher ups at the Communist Party. And I think the Communist Party members in China is not going to take this lying down. There would be a, some kind of a tit for tat. In fact, recently I read some articles that China would start arbitrarily arresting Americans in China. Yeah, so that whole trade spat has taken on a more ominous paradigm. Um, and the Huawei effect is actually also felt out in this product and its goods, basically. I mean, have you seen the latest smartphones from Huawei? Pretty darn good, and I think that's taking some of the shine off this whole iPhone phenomenon in China. Absolutely, and and Tron, just talking about tech, um, and not not quite uh, in the tech space, but a more in an online business model. Loanstreet.com.my, which is a financial comparison web- website, has now launched uh, an online insurance uh, for motorcyclists to buy their insurance, and this is expected to be quite cheap. And I, I think the reason why this news is relevant because I think online models like this. Uh, and the so-called fintechs are expected to disrupt old models in the old insurance industry. Well, the key disruption here will really be the agency workforce, right? Because if you can reach your client directly without having to go through an agent, then you can pass on some of these cost savings to the um, end user. And what better way to address the wider market than the transport of the masses, which is a two-wheeled humble motorcycle, right? Uh, absolutely. The, the, the same vehicle that cites a dick <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> procured his bandage on his right cheek with. Although one would suspect that Said Sadiq had used uh, you know, a big bike, a Harley bike, rather than a Kapjai or something. Ah, but uh, let's not assume. He maybe have been on a C70. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Um, uh, in connected to that Chuang uh, and you know, in connection to this whole uh, recessionary te- uh, theme that we might be facing, there is also news that Equinas has launched a 1 billion fund to be utilized to accelerate the growth of high high potential business and local businesses. Yeah, so this um, 1 billion ringgit fund might well be swollen to um, expand to 1.5 billion ringgit and some of the core sectors within its purview include education, oil and gas, FMCG, retail, leisure, healthcare services and other sectors with potential. Um, not forgetting the fact that they actually uh, procured a 2.3 billion ringgit um, realisation from proceeds, dividends and interest, which could well go towards starting up this new fund in these new areas. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this will bring uh, Equinas uh, Fund's asset under management to about 4.1 billion ringgit. Um, and obviously the most immediate question that comes to mind Chuang, uh, you know, one billion is uh, very not not a lot of money, uh, and one billion is very opportunistic. Uh, obviously, this is not going to be enough to hold up the economy. I didn't realize you. Uh Transmogrified from Julian Ng to Warren Buffett, Jones. <laughs> one billion ringgit to all and sundry is a it's lot nothing. of money. One billion is nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. It's, it's nothing. nothing. Look, our, our, our Malaysian economy is a one trillion GDP, right? It is actually one trillion GDP. So if if the economy is slowing down from let's say four and a half percent to four percent or to to three and a half percent, how much does it? Uh, how how much money does it need not to change the light bulb, but to prop up the economy, right? Uh, for a one trillion ringgit economy. Well, yeah, you would have to assume that a lot of these funds, the equinesses of this world, the uh, the value caps, the PNBs of this world would really be putting their ammunition to, to work in an co- economy which is, I guess, um, under pressure from the Chinese, uh, the American trade spats and other global turmoils. Yeah, exactly. Also, I, I think the, the government is now in a position to, um, well, they want to look for new sources of revenue after cancelling the GST. And one of the things that uh, they were going to do is to actually tax the digital economy. Um, 
I'm not sure, again, whether this is money well spent because that's a growing industry and whether you want to do things to discourage that. And then on the other hand, some, a lot of money is being spent on, for example, compensating toll roads. Yeah, it's a constant balancing act between appeasing their biggest stakeholder, i.e. the voters, versus having an economy which is open, vibrant and accepting of global investment. But you have to assume that, um, for example, Netflix, which has taken a real foothold within the Malaysian digital space, a lot of, I would say, subscriber migration from the Astros to the Netflixes of this world, they would be willing to pay uh, digital taxes if the proposition from a market perspective is there. Okay, it's coming up to 9 a.m. and the news will be following suit. But after that, we'll be talking about the happenings at uh, FBM uh, KLCI uh, being the second trading day of the year, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.